0: This audio is brought to you by muslimcentral.com The next person is someone that we spoke about in the life of Mu'adh bin Jabal radiallahu anhu and he is Amr ibn al jamuh Amr ibn al jamuh radiallahu ta'ala anhu Amr ibn al was the chief of Banu Salima the chief of the tribe that Mu'adh bin Jabal radiallahu anhu belonged to and I'll preface his story, because we mentioned him, with something, and it's just an observation, and Allah knows best if, if, it's, uh, if it's fully uh, established that way. But there's something really interesting about the idol worshipers of Medina and the idol worshipers of Mecca. In Mecca, the idol worshipers were very much so driven by the commerce, the tijara of, uh, of, of gods. What do I mean by that? In Mecca, Your idols were not just your gods, that's how you made money, right? People came in, you decorated your idols, you attracted people to your idols, you attracted the tribes, the outsiders to your idols. Your idols were a means of establishing a certain type of status and gaining something of this dunya. It was very interesting when you read about the people that were worshipping idols in Medina, like Abu Darda, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, right? That there seems to be a, a serious sincerity, an ikhlas, That they had towards their idols. That it was truly devotional, right? And not much in terms of what they would gain from a worldly perspective. And so, Amr ibn al Jamu'h uh, was the chief of Banu Salima, and he's one of the people that survived the Bu'ath Wars because he was known as a peacemaker amongst the people of Yathrib. Okay? So he was in his 60s. By the time the Prophet would come to Medina, one of the few elders that were left. And he used to be known for his wealth, and he used to be known for his generosity, and for his peacemaking, his islah between the different tribes uh, of the Ansar. And he also had an extreme love for his idol. He had an idol, uh, and the name of the idol was Manat. Now this is not the Manat in the Quran. This is not the famous idol of Manat. But this was his personal idol named Manat, and being the chief of the tribe, he had this idol and, you know, when the elders would convene in his home, they would pay their respects to this idol, and he himself was known to be extravagant in regards to the idol. What does that mean? He used to spend a lot of money on perfuming it, on dressing it, putting jewelry on it, right? You kind of get the imagery here, right? The man was. In love with this idol of his, with Manat. And um, essentially what happens is that when Islam comes to Medina, he doesn't have a political problem with the Prophet Sallallahu but he's just not interested, similar to Abu Darda radiAllahu Anhu initially, he's not interested in leaving his way, his religion. He loves his idol. Now he has three sons, one of whom is also named Mu'adh and is the best friend of Mu'adh ibn Jabal. Okay, so he has three sons Mu'adh, Mu'awwid, and Khalad. Mu'adh, Mu'awwid, and Khalad. And his son, Mu'adh ibn Amr, is the best friend of Mu'adh ibn Jabal, radiAllahu ta'ala anhu. His wife is Hind uh, bint Amr. And his wife, uh, Hind bint Amr ibn Haram, is the uh, is is the uh, the sister of a very famous companion that we'll come to uh, very soon inshallah taala, but he's Kalimullah min sahaba, the one who was spoken to from the sahaba, Abdullah ibn Amr ibn Haram, the father of Jabir ibn Abdullah, radiyallahu anhu. And Jabir will have a full lecture because he's one of the most profound. Him and his father have one of the most profound uh, biographies from the Ansar of the Prophet sallallahu So, Jabir radiyallahu anhu, this is going to be his. Uh, Aunt, that is actually the the wife of uh, Amr ibn al Now Amr ibn al his wife and his kids all embraced Islam secretly alongside the majority of the Ansar when Mus'ab ibn Umair came to al Madina, and They kept it from him because they knew that he would be devastated and they tried to basically warm him up to the idea of embracing Islam so What happens is is that you know Hind his wife starts to poke at him about the idea of potentially embracing Islam and every single time she pokes she kind of gets this reaction of we're happy with our religion we're not interested in embracing anything other than our religion and he finds out about Muad ibn Jabal who's like his nephew he's always in the house he plays with his son Mu'adh he grew up with his son Mu'adh as well and he says to Hind Hind, اِحْدَرِي أَنْ يَلْتَقِي أَوْلَادُكِ Beware of letting our kids spend too much time with Mus'ab ibn Umair حتى نرى So we see how we feel about him First let's go listen to him ourselves Or let's hear our, the message that he has to give us ourselves And then we can decide About what the opinion is going to be with him So she says Sama'an wa ta'an We hear and we obey And let's actually do the homework And get to know what, what it is that this man has come with So she says, do you want to hear what Mu'adh, our son, has learned from him? And he kind of panics, he says, wait a minute, did Mu'adh embrace his religion? And she says, no, but he's been, you know, hang, he's been hanging around Mus'ab ibn Umayr and Mu'adh ibn Jabal, and he's been hearing about it, and he learned something from Mus'ab ibn Umayr ta'ala So, Amr ibn Jamuh says, um, go ahead and let's have him come to us and basically recite to us what he's learned. So Mu'adh, his son, comes and He says to Mu'adh, his son, can you recite some of what you learned from Mus'ab ibn Umayr? So he recites Surah Al-Fatiha and some of Surah Yusuf Which is very obviously beautiful, right? The whole Quran is beautiful, but he chose to recite to him some of Al-Fatiha and some of Surah Yusuf Now Amr ibn al-Jamuh is an old man. He loves his idol but even he admits he says ahsana al-kalama wa ajmala How beautiful, how perfect are these words and how beautiful are these words Is everything that he teaches you the same, like within the same vein, like does it all come across this beautifully? Is it all like this? And Mu'adh his son says Even better than this, oh my father, there's more I'm just giving you a taste of what I have learned from Mus'ab uh, so his father, as he's listening, Amr ibn al as he's listening to this, Mu'adh his son says, why don't you go ahead and embrace the religion like all of your people have? I mean, most of the Ansar at this point have embraced the religion of the Prophet Sallallahu And he says, مَنَاتٍ I'm not gonna do that until I go seek the opinion of Manat, my idol. I gotta go talk to my idol right quick <laughs> and see if this is doable. So his wife, Hind, is already a Muslim, Radiallahu Anha. His children are already Muslims. And he, you know, basically argues with them and says, Listen, I have to go and take the opinion of my idol and see if this is gonna happen or not. So he goes to Manat and he says, Ya Manat, min nakir. I mean, look, people are leaving the religion and we don't want other than you. So do you have any any way to respond to this stuff? I mean, this man is coming to Medina and saying that you're not really a god. Any response? Obviously, the idol doesn't respond. So Amr ibn Jamur, he's an old man, but he says, you know what? It may be that I've angered al-Manat, or I've angered my god, or whatever it may be, but I'm gonna leave him. And he said, and I'll wait for guidance from him. So basically Mu'adh ibn Jabal and Mu'adh, his son, Right? They play this trick on him (laughs) where they enter into the home and they knock over manat and they trash him. Alright? Now, when he comes home and he sees manat in this state, he's extremely upset. فَقَلَّدَهُ السَّيْفِ So he puts a sword around his neck. He cleans him up and puts a sword around his neck. And he says that next time they come to you, defend yourself next time they come to you, whoever they are, defend yourself so the two Mu'ads they, uh, Mu'ad ibn Jabal and Mu'ad ibn Amr, his son they take Manat and they tie him to a dead animal and they basically desecrate the idol more and they throw it in the dumpster so he comes home and he says where is Manaf? where is the idol? and they said, we don't know he said, did anyone attack him? We don't know. It's like, you know, they said, but even if that happened, don't you think if he was a god, he'd be able to defend himself? So he goes out looking for Manat, and he finds Manat tied to a dead animal, you know, in the dumpster. And he says to, uh, he says very famous uh, words as, as he says it, that basically if you were, you know, gods are not found dead. Uh, tied to dead dogs, okay وَاللَّهِ لَوْ كُنْتَ لَمْ تَكُنْ أَنْتَ وَكَلْبٌ وَسْطَ فِي If you were really a god, then you wouldn't be tied to a dog dead in a dumpster <laughs> So there's no way you're a god So he goes to his people And he uh, says to his people عَلَى مَا أَنَا عَلَيْهِ O people, are you not upon what I'm upon? Basically, I'm the chief of the tribe You're going to follow what I follow, right? So they said بَلَا أَنْتَ Yes, you are a leader So he said, so I uh, bear witness to you that I have believed in what Muhammad ﷺ has received So I believed in the revelation that has come to Muhammad sallam. Now you would think that a man like this who kind of resisted in the beginning probably had, you know, serious difficulty and never really embraced the sweetness of faith but subhanallah this man, Amr ibn al radiAllahu ta'ala anhu was someone who ended up tasting the sweetness of Iman and he was very old, very simple but he understood, believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, pray and get to Jannah so he had a very simple methodology of, of sort of obeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he doesn't become a scholar of the religion he doesn't go on to become a scribe but just that simp- that simplicity, that beautiful simplicity that he had that I'm going to worship Allah subhanahu wa taala and I'm going to go to Jannah and it's it's beautiful that he was able to turn that devotion that he had to his idol and become distinguished in his devotion to Allah subhanahu wa taala very quickly and these same kids that plotted on him to make him become Muslim they stopped him from fighting in the Battle of Badr why because he was so old and he was he had a disability he had a, a severe limp radiallahu taala so he was an elderly man with a severe limp. And so they stopped him from going to the Battle of Badr, and he was so upset. Because obviously he heard the praise of the Prophet ﷺ for Ahl Badr, for the people of Badr. And so he said, You, my kids, you stopped me from Jannah on the day of Badr. Wallahi I swear by Allah, if I live, if I have the opportunity, I will enter Jannah. Meaning I'm going to go fight next to the Prophet وسلم, and I'm going to receive that Ajr. So Uhud comes. He's even older in Uhud. His disability is even more severe. And the Prophet وسلم, says, He hears the Prophet Sallallahu say, Come forth and fight in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and there is a jannah that awaits you that is more expansive than the heavens and the earth. So Amr ibn al volunteers himself. SubhanAllah, people are trying to get out of Uhud. Amr ibn al goes forth and he says, Ya Rasulullah, I'm ready. And his children, they sit him down, they take him home, they say, please, Allah has given you an excuse, don't do this, just stay home, stay home, stay home. And subhanAllah, he comes to the Prophet, wasalam, look at the the, the, the tiba, look at the purity of this man. He comes to the Prophet wasalam, in tears, crying. And he says to the Prophet, wasalam, Ya Rasulullah, my kids are stopping me from going to Jannah. That's the purity of this man's heart as he comes to the Prophet. And the kids are saying to the Prophet SallAllahu Mu'adh and Mu'awwadh and Khalad They're saying, Ya Rasulullah, he's old We just don't want him to get hurt We know that he's not going to be able to handle it And the Prophet ﷺ, Eventually he says "La alaykum an la tamna'uhu Laalla shahada You know what? Don't forbid him It may be that Allah Subh'anaHu Wa ta'ala Grants him what he's seeking of Shahad. So he went forth And on the day of Uhud um, His wife Hind, She narrated the the sister of Abdullah ibn Amr ibn Haram, the aunt of Jabir ibn Abdullah. She says, said, She said, I remember him picking up his stuff, leaving the house and saying, Oh Allah, don't turn me back don't turn me back, and going forth on the day of Uhud. And then his conversation with the Prophet ﷺ before Uhud starts is very beautiful. And, and I want you to know this, SubhanAllah, specifically when you visit Shuhada' Uhud, we think of Hamza and Mus'ab, anhuma, but there's is, there is a story behind each one of those Shuhada'. He says to the Prophet Sallallahu before Uhud starts, he says, Ya Rasulullah, in qatalta hatta uqtala fi O أَمْشِي Oh, Messenger of Allah, if I fight in this battle and if I'm killed, do you see me being able to walk on both of my feet in Jannah? Why? Because he, he was, again, severely disabled. He was on a cane. He was only able to walk on one leg uh, primarily. And the Prophet told him yes. And subhanAllah, in the Battle of Uhud, imagine this man who was made a mockery of because of the idol worship was going forth throughout the day of Uhud and his son Khalad with him and his children Mu'adh and Mu'awwud were fighting bravely on, in another part of the battle and he was saying I ashtahil want jannah, ashtahil jannah, I want 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 Jannah, until he was killed. عنه, him and Khalad, عنه, and one of my favorite narrations about him is the Prophet Sallallahu when he was walking by the shuhada Uhud, the Prophet Sallallahu He walked by uh, Amr ibn al jamuh radiAllahu anhu and he stopped and he paused and he said كَأَنِّي أَرَاكَ تمشي هذه صحيحة في الجنة. It's like I said, if I can see you right now walking on your two feet in full health in Jannah Subhanallah that you're absolutely not disabled anymore as you walk in al-Jannah. The Prophet SallAllahu like he's looking at him martyred and Rasulullah said I can see you walking in Jannah right now without a limp. And he said وسلم, another narration, I saw Amr ibn al-Jamuh radhiyallahu anhu he's one of those people that the Prophet saw in Jannah, I saw him walking in Jannah without a limp anymore. He wasn't limping anymore radiAllahu ta'ala anhu and he's actually buried with one kefan, with the father of Jabir ibn Abdullah radiAllahu ta'ala anhu Uh, in uh, amongst the shuhada' of Uhud, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be pleased with them.